Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 171 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is a full-stack developer, having recently joined Test Double, which is an agency of highly skilled developers on a mission to improve how the world writes software. Prior to Test Double, he spent a decade working for 1Password, where he focused his efforts on browser extensions and web page filling features. So welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast, Jamie Phelps. Thanks, Phil. It's good to be here. So the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is actually how you came into IT. I, I understand that you're a little bit late um, than the average person entering the industry. So it'd be interesting to know what you did before and how that transition happened. My first go around with uh, university was focusing on more humanities. So I studied uh, music and religious studies in my first program and then went to graduate school to study New Testament studies. Then over the course of my graduate school, and then I was admitted and on my way to a PhD program and realized that if I did that, I was going to be in school for at least another three to five years. And that if I stuck with that path, I was going to basically be living a very meager existence for for my wife and me. And uh, I wanted to uh, take a more financially stable pathway uh, forward. And so I switched and went back to school to do a computing degree. Right. Okay. But we're sure to pick that up later in the interview. So we'll come back to that. So what I'd like to start with is asking you maybe to provide us with a career tip, one that perhaps the audience doesn't know and should. For especially when people in IT or software development get to a very high level, it benefits folks to have sort of their board of advisors or their backstop people, uh, and that can even extend out to a professional network. But it can feel very scary when you come up against a problem and you're supposed to be sort of an expert person and you find that you don't know the answer. So it's I think that one career tip I have is to make sure that you've built up that network, that stable of, uh, of folks that you can rely on for their expertise, because no one's going to know everything at the, sort of the expert level. But uh, among all of us, we can muddle through on those sorts of things. Sure. So how do you personally go about developing your network? Do you do anything in particular? I developed a lot of my network through Twitter. But this was, you know, 10, 12 years ago, when Twitter was still kind of good. <laughs> so I, I developed a lot of connections there. And, you know, honestly, working at 1Password just opened so many opportunities for me to meet and talk to interesting people. And even outside of the area of uh, Mac and iPhone development, but, you know, web development, more recently, Golang and uh, those sorts of things that are sort of newer technologies. And so I've had opportunities opened up for me from uh, things that 
I don't know, maybe not available to everyone, but, you know, going to meetups locally, getting involved in communities that, that are of interest and relevance to you. So if you are someone who's into uh, Ruby development and Ruby on Rails, then, you know, going to RailsConf and meeting people and talking with them there, that that sort of thing can back you up when you have issues that, that you're not quite familiar enough with. So, you know, if you are facing a particular problem and you know that someone has dealt with the same problem at their company or you know that someone has written a library that does something similar to what you're doing and you want to talk with them about the problem, then just having those connections gives you sort of a, a way to find your way forward on tough problems. Yes, it does. Absolutely. Okay, can you perhaps tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? I've been pretty fortunate not to have a lot of bad moments, but one of the most challenging and urgent situations was a situation where I was uh, working on an internet website store that where you know someone could come and purchase software, and we found that there was someone in Brazil who was who was using our web store to validate stolen credit cards. So uh, he was using our store to see whether the credit card numbers he had acquired were valid and functional before going and making another purchase. And that was, I don't know, the better part of a long weekend of sort of a cat and mouse game between this person in Brazil and our team trying to analyze what was happening and implement mitigations against that and and get this person to stop using our web store to test stolen credit cards. And eventually, you know, we learned that it's much better to, rather than trying to do this yourself, find a provider that specializes in dealing with such things. So uh, at that time, our credit card processing was with one company. And uh, once we got the bleeding stopped and sort of got things under control, we we switched to another provider that uh, has a much more friendly and robust implementation. So they just sort of handle all of that stuff for you. Right. Okay. So in terms of what you learn from that, is it about making sure you select the right provider? What, what did you take away? It's both about making sure that you uh, are using the best provider. At the time that our first provider was chosen, I don't know that there was a better option available, but sort of keeping your eyes open and staying abreast of what's what's available for the different problem domains that you're trying to solve is uh, one thing. And the other thing is to sort of uh, let go of the, uh, you know, we call it the not invented here syndrome, right? So you want to write something, a, a fresh library for yourself because, you know, no code is as good as the code that we write or something like that. And, you know, we found that outsourcing that to another provider and just using the facility that they made available was a much more robust solution. Okay, so moving away from your worst moment, can you perhaps tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? I think the thing that stands out for me is also one that uh, was a pretty trying time at the moment, which was a few years back, there was this uh, large SSL vulnerability called Heartbleed. Many of your listeners may remember that 
being a uh, a significant event. And while I was working at One Password, we were responding to Heartbleed with a tool to allow uh, users to check if their sites were affected. And I was working with our head of security to define how those checks were going to be implemented. And I think I worked approximately 50 hours in maybe three days to build a, a brand new Rails app from scratch and make that tool a reality as fast as possible to help help the users uh, understand how exposed they might be on the Heartbleed vulnerability. And what many people might not know is that that eventually evolved to become what is now known as Watchtower in 1Password. So the the roots are still there, but it's a, it's a much different uh, implementation and a much broader scope now. But the basics of what is there now is what you built in the first place. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So, Jamie, what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT? I think the thing that's really exciting to me, especially in the last several years, is the advancement in language compilers uh, and sort of the rise of more modern languages, the Clang and LLVM uh, compilers that uh, largely came out of Apple have given rise to a lot of other uh, more robust programming languages. You know, the other one, the one that came out of Apple is Swift. Languages like Go and Rust, the advancements in the compiler technology have given us languages that are safer to use and also allow us to be more productive. And that's a really exciting prospect, you know, that we can we have a pretty bright future in front of us with the capabilities that we're able to leverage from those languages and build new tools in safer ways. Yeah. Do you think that's a trend that will continue? I think so. I think that between the compiler technology that that was sort of required for these advancements and then also the advancements in computing power, I think that those two together will continue to reinforce one another and hopefully uh, continue to bear fruit for us. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Absolutely. So going back to the beginning, in fact, so what first attracted you to a career in IT? Uh, yeah, I think that I mentioned that, you know, I was uh, looking at a career in academia. Uh, my plan was to get my PhD and be a university professor. And I realized that based on some job statistics that I had seen and some demographic statistics that it was going to be uh, very challenging for me to get a professor job. And if I did, it was going to be a fairly meager salary to begin with. And I realized I could provide a much more financially stable future for me and my, me and my wife by going into computing. And what is the best career advice you've ever received? It wasn't advice that was given directly to me, but it's still really influential on me. And that is uh, a friend of mine does a podcast and he once said, 
do you want 10 times more of this and whatever this is, whatever your situation is, what happens if this goes really well and it's very successful? What happens? Do you want 10 times more of whatever is happening right now? And if the answer is no, then maybe it is worth looking at making a change. And on the sort of the opposite side of that coin, what is the worst career advice you've ever received? Well, at the time, it was it was uh, well-intentioned and good logic advice. My first job out of my computing program was uh, with a large retail organization. Um, I was working on their website team. And at that time, uh, 1Password was fairly uh, new and was relatively unknown to most people. And there was only, I don't know, I think I was like the sixth person that worked there. And this was in 2008, at the end of 2008, during the beginning of the financial crisis. And so when I started telling people I was going to leave this large company with a building downtown with its name on the building and go do something on the internet with people from Canada, they they thought I had lost it. So that was probably the worst uh the worst career advice, and I'm glad I didn't listen. Yes, absolutely. If you were to begin your IT career again right now in today's world, what would you do? Honestly, I thought a lot about this, and I don't think I would do that much different because most of the positive directions that my career has taken have been largely accidental, or if I had known more information or been if I had thought I was smarter about it, I might have made a different decision that wouldn't have turned out as well. So I, I like to think that my naivety benefited me in the early parts of my career. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Uh, right now, I am mostly focusing on catching up with the uh, Ruby on Rails world. It's been a few years since I worked in Ruby on Rails. And so I have a lot of catching up to do. And the other angle that I'm focusing on is developing some of my sort of softer skills and consulting skills. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? The ability to read and research, which is something that I developed in my academic career, that has stood me in good stead for my technical career as well, being able to dig into documentation, figure out what's most salient, and be productive quickly in an unfamiliar environment. And I think I can attribute a lot of that to my career in academia and specifically being able to read and digest information and, and do research. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? The main thing for me is to just to stay curious. I'm a curious person by nature. Whatever field or uh, area of study I've been in, I've always just found something to be interested in by whatever I'm studying. Doing IT work is very similar to that. So if you can find something to be curious about, whether it's the problem domain that that is maybe not as interesting, but you can find a technical angle that that is able to keep you uh, curious and, and driven towards solutions, 
or vice versa. If the, if the actual technical process of what you're doing isn't that interesting, but you can find something interesting to learn about the problem domain, then that's another angle. I'll give an example of that. When I was working at that uh, large organization early in my career, I was doing some uh, reporting. So using SQL Server reporting services and the task was to develop a report for how many customers at, you know, transaction time were uh, providing their phone number to the cashiers. And in doing that, the process of building that report wasn't as interesting, but I learned about something called the North American Number Plan Administration, and that is an organization that manages all of the area codes and all of the rules for how phone numbers work in North America. And I never would have uh, learned about that if I hadn't had to uh, tackle something that was a fairly mundane task. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? I play Ultimate Frisbee, uh, usually once or twice a week. And uh, my wife and I go uh, camping and backpacking and hiking. And uh, while we're doing that, we'll often uh, look up a geocache or two while we're, while we're on the trails. And Jamie, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT Career Energizer audience? I think for me, the biggest thing for making good decisions with my career has been to find companies or products that I really believe in what they're doing that may not be available for everyone in every situation, but if it's possible or if it's available, I would always choose the company or the product that I believe in more than maybe a salary or a title. Yep. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? I am a JXPX777 pretty much everywhere on the internet, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn, all of those places. Uh, so if you just Google JXPX777, you'll probably find me. Jamie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Thanks, Phil. It was a pleasure. A quick thank you again to my guest on today's show for sharing their career tips, advice, and experiences. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e, and then the number of today's episode. Now that there are three new episodes of the show every week, make sure that you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out. And don't forget to join the new IT Career Energizer community group in Facebook. If you're enjoying the podcast, it would be great to hear from you and to learn about your own career journey, your successes, opinions, and thoughts on the future of the industry. Thanks for supporting the show. And remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.